Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guy Robbie Falke to talk some kicks tonight. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Um, I've been Animal Crossing way too hard. Uh, shout out to all the people who take the time to like make Supreme logos and like Nike logos and like really design clothing in there. I do not have the time for that, but I have these really cool kind of like Air Jordan 1 looking off-brand shoes on my character, and I feel like I'm That's getting a little fit awesome. off. So That's <laughs> awesome. It's just the little things in life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we get into this episode, uh, basically we're just going to read a review from iTunes as we usually do. If you got a minute, leave us a review over there. It helps us reach a new audience, and that's really what we're trying to do here, just build the community around the podcast. So uh well, last review I want to read is uh, from M. Allen and is uh, three fire emojis. Easily my favorite sneaker podcast. Simple, super simple. Thank you, M. Allen. Appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. Again, if you got 30 seconds, 60 seconds, hop on over to iTunes and re- just write us a quick, quick review. Um, if you're looking for more from the Sneaker History crew, definitely check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash sneaker history. Uh, we drop... We're a little behind, but we do drop uh, content and extra episodes over there, and we're going to revamp all of that here in the next few days. So uh, keep an eye on that towards the end of this week for sure. Uh, so uh, I think we should just jump right into it, right? This episode, we want to talk about LeBron's, uh, I guess, LeBron's retros now that we know that the LeBron 8 is supposedly returning. So I'm going to let you take it from here, Robbie. Before we dive too far into it, um, this thinking aloud here, um, we're already starting to get LeBron retros. Um, we got the first kind of Jordan retros in 94 with the first Jordan dropping in 85. So that's that's a nine-year gap, right, between the first and the retro. Um, yep. A lot of people, when LeBron's first started retroing, I believe, in 2018, um, a lot of hoopla about like it's it being too early. And I remember some people even saying like, the line isn't good. Like this LeBron hate, right? Like Skip Bayless type stuff on the internet. It's like, why are you retroing LeBron shoes? Um, he's not MJ. But um, now after like a good two years into this retro saga, um, I've never been quite so happy with retros consistently. Um, and you could probably speak more to this. Um, you probably have more like, you know, Penny Hardaway retros and, um, Griffey retros and Pippin retros than I do. 
but uh, you know, I've been, I have a lot of the first run, the bronze and now these retros and none of them have been really crappy materials. They all went back to the original branding. There's been like minimal, minimal changes like on air zoom generations. They like changed the piping on some of them or the lining on some of them. But for the most part, um, the LeBron line hasn't had to deal with, I want to say, uh, growing pains of how to handle a retro from having like a, a mid top Jordan one, or, you know, like a, a line of Jordan six lows, just like, um, playing with the line more. Um, LeBron's been more straight to business when it comes to his shoes. And I think that is the way obviously Kobe's gone, but with a emphasis on improving the original design. But I think all these modern Nike basketball players, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Paul George, um, all of their retros, whenever they do come down the road, aren't going to mess around with as many like, hyperfuse griffies and you know jordan seven lows and um you know pippin sevens you know they, they make new models for the line i think they're really going to keep true to what the original shoes were and that's incredibly powerful for people who want to get retro product and um really feel like they have something that they missed out on when they were younger or didn't have the means at the time but, but to really get a faithful retro of like that first game air zoom generation, the first time they do it is a really cool direction for Nike. I think. I totally agree. Like you said, the, the hate towards LeBron shoes is just, it's just the typical, like you said, skip Bayless or whatever, like LeBron obviously has had a tremendous career already. He's, you know, sold, who knows how many, you know, dollars worth of sneakers over the past, you know, going on 20 years or whatever. But to me, it, it all stems, you know, from the, the kind of like Jordan LeBron debate, which is unfortunate because I don't necessarily think that the, I, I just don't think that even comparing those two guys in, they, they just play so differently. They do such different things. You know, we've talked about it on plenty of episodes, so I won't go too far into it. But I hope that you're right when it comes to the kind of offshoots from the lines. One of the things that, like, I could never understand yeah. is if you're going to make a LeBron or, you know, using Pippen or Penny Hardaway, if you're going to make a, a shoe that's a signature model after that player has been long gone, like – who actually buys that? Is it just the fan of that player? Because if you gave me a new Penny model or a new Griffey model, or you put out, you know, original colorways or maybe good colorways without the crazy like Hyperfuse or Air Max bubbles on Griffey's, like, you know, the 360 bubbles. If you just gave me the retro, I'd be happier to buy that than I would a new, you know, performance version of the shoe because quite frankly, if you're buying a performance shoe, you're probably going to buy whoever's like, you know, playing at the top of their game right now. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to buy a Scotty Pippen shoe, like, you know, a, a Pippen seven or whatever it would be to go play basketball in, because how would they even test that? You know, like, and this isn't a dig at anybody that does the wear testing type stuff, but like I used to do wear testing for Nike for 
almost 10 years in the like early 2000s. And I got a lot of crazy shoes to wear, to play in. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you can't keep those shoes when you're a part of that program. But the shoes that you get are, you know, like at my best, I'm nowhere near a professional basketball player. But you're using my feedback. And that's not a dig at, at anyone that's playing basketball at the time, because obviously people, you know, like like Chris over at Wear Testers, right? Like he plays so much that he can feel the slightest thing that someone like me who pa- plays rarely is never going to pay attention to at this point. But to think about that and the way that products are wear tested, you know, like you're not going to, you're not going to give, you know, Kyrie the next penny to test the shoe. It doesn't make sense, right? He wants to work on his line because it's his legacy that's going to come from it. So I hope that like, you know, like you said, I hope that they continue to, uh, you know, just do it in tasteful ways, keeping it true to the original or, you know, in, in the case of the Kobe line, making those slight improvements, but, you know, keeping the visual and aesthetic of the originals, because that is the thing that's going to drive people to buy those products, in my opinion. But um, I don't know, there's there's a lot that, you know, there's a lot on the table with LeBron that that I think we could see for a really long time. And, you know, for me, just thinking about what we were going to talk about on this episode got me kind of excited about like the, the colorways and the, the models that I would actually probably try to get the second time around. Cause I didn't have the opportunity or, you know, or chose to get something else at that time or whatever. So, um, well, yeah, what's crazy about it. And I think you brought up some, a lot of good points in your, um, in, in your counter argument or your, your counter statement to mine. Um, and, and a big one is players at the top of their game. So that's a big similarity between, I think, when LeBron hangs him up. It'll, it'll be a big similarity between LeBron and MJ, is that they were always elite. Wizards, MJ was never, you know, Bulls MJ, but, you know, he still put up, what, 27 points a game, and, you know, he was still, he was still an effective player. I think LeBron's never going to have a point where he's Vince Carter, for example. Unlike Scottie Pippen, you know, who wrote out, you know, weird years in, um, in Houston and same with Charles Barkley. And then, you know, like Penny Hardaway is a great example. Him like messing around with Phoenix and the Suns, um, pardon me, Phoenix and the Knicks towards the end of his career. Like they were still wearing shoes that like weren't even their signature shoes anymore. So you can like fuse those. You can do a lot of weird things when there's weird times in players' careers. Um, yeah, right. oh, most definitely. And, you know, like, it's not a diss to, to those players, but they're not in the conversation with the face of Nike, right? Like, LeBron is absolutely, you know, depending on the sport, if he, was, he is the face of Nike. And Jordan argue, is the face of Nike. I think Say you again. would argue that Griffey, of all those people, for his run and his heyday, Griffey was running shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a valid, you know, conversation because there is so much going on around Griffey and just the changing of baseball as a sport. You know, I think I think that's the that's also, you know, kind of going back to what you said about LeBron, always everybody hating on LeBron. The sport, all the sports have have, uh, you know, grown massively in the past 20 years. So nobody's coming into a sport and changing it the way Griffey or Jordan did because, or or Iverson even, right? Like, you know, 
Mike brought, you know, people into basketball to play the game and sneakers and all of that conversation. But Iverson like brought hip hop to the game of basketball and connected it because that was real and genuine because that's the music we were listening to when he was coming up. Not, you know, like I I'll always get into that debate about, about Jordan because he was, he was not your stereotypical, like, you know, fit for the sport, I guess is the, is the best way. Cause he, he seemed to be like a different, you know, it's, it's like, and one, right? Like, and one is kind of like quintessential basketball to me over Nike, even maybe not now, but like it's relatable because we played, you know, street ball, we played wherever we could play when we were younger. And that to me was more real than Michael Jordan, even though like, obviously, you know, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan, everybody did. Right. But that whole thing was kind of, you know, I think is you look at the other players that we're talking about, Penny, Pippen, any of those people that might've had a, a, a signature line that lasted a handful of years and, and jumped to different squads to kind of see what else they could pull off. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that, that they didn't have, you know, quite the legacy or quite the run that maybe a, a Michael or what LeBron will end up with, but it kind of just is what it is, right? Like you're, you're so much more like, you're like levels up, you know, like nobody's going to question that LeBron is the most important basketball player for Nike as a business, as a brand, as everything. Right. And, you know, I think that's the the big differentiator between someone like LeBron and anybody else that might, you know, even down the road, you know, like Westbrook and, and Chris Paul and, um, you know, Kyrie and, and KD and all these guys that are like, you know, for a moment, they might have been the face of basketball because they had a good run or won a title. But it's kind of hard to deny like the just like the overwhelming influence that LeBron has on everything. And we'll use the Iverson example to, to segue back to LeBron, because like you said, Iverson truly did connect the dots between culture and sport. And I think LeBron from the jump has always been that offshoot of Iverson in that sense. And I, and LeBron will tell you, he, he wanted to be Iverson growing up. He looked up to him. Yeah, he for sure. Did. But, you know, even it's from, you know, we see the picture all the time of LeBron James with like the PS2 and, uh, and the headphones and like, you know, he's, he's carrying his PS2 and it's just like from there to like listening to future and his ghost and, or his Maybach now. You know, like he's always with it with the music and what's popular and he, he keeps his ears very in tune with what's with what's um, big with the kids pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, it'd be so cool if there could be some kind of like Allen Iverson tribute from a LeBron shoe. Um, I don't know how you would do that or um, I know I, I know how you wouldn't and there's a million ways you wouldn't <laughs> or couldn't. But um, LeBron, as we start to talk about colorways here and reoccurring motifs, um, does find ways to call back towards um, his role models or his icons in sport when he was a kid and use those to come up with colorways. So as we kind of talked about in the beginning of the episode, we're going to look at um, different motifs, colorways, skins, if you play Fortnite, whatever the fuck. 
I don't know, um, <laughs> you know, themes of shoes that LeBron recycled or reused over multiple models. I don't like that I said recycled because, you know, some look better than others based off of, you know, um, how they play with the palette and the model, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a long time in which we had LeBron um, giving us the same flavor, um, be it um, every model in a row or every couple, but something we're not seeing so much nowadays. And now I feel like um, outside of the first one I'm going to mention here, I'm like the I promise. That's the only real reoccurring type shoe I see keep happening across the LeBron line. Um, you know, I think the LeBron 16 would probably be um, the best example of what that shoe looks like. I always love a multicolor outsole, but the the shoes themselves haven't carried over a lot from look to look, but they have just reused the same um, tie-in with this school. So the LeBron 17 has more of a multicolor look um, all across the shoe with still a rainbow-like outsole. Um, the 16, like I said, is black with multicolor at the bottom. Um, and it's just, um, A, so cool that he does the I promise. It's just no other athletes even at that level. And I don't think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, um, any athlete has gone to that level in the States. I know a lot of people do great things internationally um, for both developed and established countries for the for the name of their sport. But starting an entire school based off of it, and, and, and even if you want to take it one step back, the, um, there's the um, James Family Foundation colorway of the LeBron 15, which I believe that's a part of the I Promise um, school. So uh, three models in a row, ultimately paying tribute to education and growth. And I think that's probably the most powerful message you can make in sport is um, the education aspect of it that commonly gets forgotten in the NCAA and um, – you know, all the glitz and glamour are towards the sport. But, you know, if you don't have a brain on top of your shoulders, um, you're not much of a person. So. <laughs> so true. I mean, I think that that's a kind of kind of going back to the debate of LeBron and Michael. You, for me, I can't dismiss what LeBron has done off the court. And if I if I think about those things, it's hard to look at Michael and and feel that he did all that maybe he could have. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's really touching LeBron as far as like what he's able to do, you know, with, with, with his success. I can't think of another athlete that's, that's on that level. I mean, you might be able to find somebody in, you know, like a, uh, Cristiano or a, you know, Messi or somebody that's in football overseas, but definitely in the States, nobody's, I don't think anybody's touching LeBron with that stuff. But so, I mean, they can get close, but then I know Ronaldo's had, um, you know, some legal troubles and I'm pretty sure Messi like didn't pay taxes or, or some crap <laughs> somewhere. Um, maybe it's another soccer player. I know some really famous soccer player did got caught, like not paying taxes. Um, LeBron doesn't do any of that. Like LeBron is just like, for being so squeaky clean and still um, cursing like a sailor, like LeBron is a full ranged human being. Um, it's always funny because he looks so like, 
it doesn't look like he curses a lot, but if you listen to LeBron in anything that isn't um, a, a game interview, he is a potty mouth. So uh, <laughs> truly, truly is a potty mouth. So um, keeping with like the school theme, um, the next one here, we actually got a retro release earlier this year, and it's the Fairfax colorway, which is Fairfax High School, um, California, I believe, right? Um, yep. So black or white, whatever base you want to use, but it's red and yellow. Think McDonald's. Um, we had the LeBron 7 Fairfax release, but for many, many years, the Fairfax colorway and line um, were some of the most coveted samples um, I would say of LeBron's of the market, the underground market that was LeBron samples for a good seven years where they were just being traded around like playing cards when you don't understand how there's all that stock uh, of shoes. Um, uh, big shout out to um, fraudulent um, sample orders. Um, but um, here, you know, across almost every single model, but just some highlights for me. The LeBron 9 Fairfax, obviously the release 7, um, a huge slept-on model. The LeBron 5, that Fairfax edition, um, it has, you know, the red strap, like the nice bold red um, color blocking alongside the white and yellow. But just that LeBron 5 particular in that Fairfax colorway is probably the cleanest 5 ever made um, to never release or to be released. But um, the LeBron 6, the LeBron 3, LeBron 11, it goes on and on. It goes over to the soldiers too. Um, but just Fairfax High School and that McDonald's-esque colorway, um, I think this looks good, right? It, it plays into the Miami Heat days, but you know you kind of can't go wrong, with, go wrong with black and red with hints of yellow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. It's It's easily one of my favorite colorways it's i always wonder about wearing a school that i had no connection to but that even just the seven the seven was just beautiful you know so mm -hmm. i mean so you don't have to have a connection to sbsm to really know the story behind how that plays into lebron um it was his high school um that's where he made a name for himself uh, i'll never forget and if you haven't done it before, go watch the ESPN telecast of him in high school with uh, Dick Vitale and Bill Walton doing the play-by-plays. I miss Bill Walton doing play-by-play. -play. He was uh, forever out there. Yeah, but, um, awesome. I mean, this could very easily play into if you're a Notre Dame fan. I think uh, there's a Catholic school in whatever state you're from that wears uh, green and gold, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. uh um, where you're from, not too far away from you, there's a green and gold school. But, um, you know, we got the LeBron 3 um, SBSM release. We had the LeBron 1 SBSM, which I got and I am so happy with. That's a gorgeous retro. And it's just different enough from Celtic green to where I'll wear it. Except for when the Celtics wear those ugly ass um, green and gold alternate jerseys. Um, outside of that, I can get away with wearing them as a Laker fan. But um, again, some highlights, um, the skipped LeBron 2. And I say skipped because um, we didn't get a retro of it yet. I don't know why you go from one to three, but I know I'm not the only person on earth that absolutely loves the LeBron 2. But there's a home in a way, SBSM LeBron 2. One all green, 
one green and white. And I just think it has everything I look for in a team sample. It has the gorgeous, intricate heel logo. Um, everything about it just screams the school. But when you color block things correctly with white, um, think the Syracuse dunk or the Kentucky dunk. It's really hard to beat clean execution with white and another primary color, right? Or a secondary color. Just, it looks good. Yep. You can't beat it. But, um, I mean, there's been everything from LeBron 8s, which I think are a close second to the, the LeBron 2. They came in these gorgeous, like, brush suede. Uh, I'm talking the, the original LeBron 8, not a V2 or a low. Um, but just the textures on the LeBron 8 SBSM, uh, absolutely flawless. And we will be getting LeBron 8 retros here sooner than later. So I like to think they'll keep doing St. Vincent, St. Mary releases. But um, the LeBron 8 has to come back alongside the LeBron 2. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like the two, when you when you talk about the two, for me, the Dunkman is the one that just like pops out because I think of that with every colorway of the Dunkman that we've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. And it just, I feel like it's just such an underrated colorway. SVSM or Dunkman? The Dunkman, the Dunkman. Yeah, wow. I mean, the SVSM is, is great. I was just kind of thinking like when it when when i think about the lebron 2 the first colorway that comes to mind is the dunk man for me and like thinking about how the theme kind of runs through all these versions you know like all the way you know i I mean you could take your pick i think uh i think we posted on instagram a lebron soldier one dunk man sample which was black white and that like hit of neon green kind of Mm -hmm. and those kind of things, I'm just like, every time I see them all the way up, you know, the six, seven, I, I mean, basically almost any colorway or any model that I'm a fan of that ultimately becomes like one of my top two or three colorways of that shoe once I see the Dunk Man. So here's a crazy fact. Um, there's a Dunk Man 2 low release of a Dunk Man colorway. So, I mean, it's kind of weird to think of the LeBron 2 coming in low, but they did. And there's a really gorgeous um, 2 low colorway with Dunkman. And goddamn, that's just, the, you're right. I mean, when it's the kind of storm gray, white, and electric green, like, you already know what it is. It's it's the Dunkman. It's just so pretty. Um, yep. and it's, it's really cool to have the Dunkman, right? Because... You know, swing man for Ken Griffey Jr., like the swinging type motion logo. And then obviously the jump man for MJ. Having LeBron's dunk man is kind of like, you know, his own, you know, F you Jordan. I could have, I have my own signature dunks too, which I would honestly say LeBron's best five dunks rival, if not beat MJ's five best dunks. When you, when you put moments into it, it changes. But um, how many people has LeBron just completely jumped over in game? Like yeah. he jumped over Tim Duncan. He's seven feet tall. <laughs> in game, I believe in yeah. the playoff, I actually scratch that. He dunked over Tim Duncan twice. I know that for a fact. Like 
multiple dunks over one of the best defenders of all time. But um, the dunk man stuff, interestingly enough, um, it, it, you know, if you're a sample fiend, you already know this, but there's like Air Max 90, Air Max 95. I want to say even Air Max 1 Dunkman samples. Um, and I am wrong. Yeah, there's, there's also that, uh, what it was like the Trainer 1 Max that they did. I don't remember when that was. Maybe like, yeah, like the 1.3 Max. Yeah. Um, the like gas that. air bubble. But I mean, the Dunkman, I mean, when you close your eyes and think about it, you think of the gray, white, and electric green. But I would argue that the LeBron 7 Dunkman um, is probably the best-looking release of all of them. It's just black and electric green. Uh, why we did not get this shoe retroed in 2020 or you know 2019 is beyond me. I would love to see that shoe return. I bet you a lot of listeners right now just hearing LeBron 7 Dunkman had a light bulb go off that they have not had illuminate in a very long time. Um, but that's a forgotten LeBron that I think is, when you look across the whole spectrum of LeBron releases, I mean, I'd put it probably top 50, Dunkman 7. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, and the, and the Dunkman low too, the 7. Oh, yeah. It was like white with the with the gray and, and green. I mean, just, I, I also think it's really cool that, you know, like you mentioned it in some of the others, um, that they continue that in the soldier line because I think, you know, there's always, there's always a disconnect between like your primary signature line and that secondary signature line for these athletes, right? The guys that get the secondary lines are few and far between, but sometimes you just see it and you're like, okay, well, I don't remember which Kobe, you know, is which, right? Because so many of them look so similar and you don't see them talked about on the blogs the same way that you would like the regular signature model. But with LeBron's, the throwing the Dunkman colorway on them, and like you said, the Fairfax and such, the 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 main signature line, in my opinion, is better because those soldier colorways supporting that whole overarching narrative that exists for the LeBron line just it only makes it better in my opinion. I'm so happy you said that because I will forever keep arguing the LeBron MJ thing, but Jumpman line versus, I mean, Jordan brand, for example. So like team Jordans versus retro Jordans, I would say there's not a bigger split in people who just like retros um, than people that don't like them in any other kind of footwear like multi-line denomination. Like myself included, I have never owned a Team Jordan. I have zero interest in it. I know a lot of old heads love them and they think, Robbie, you're a poser. Like what the, you know, you're not really about that life. But I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the retros. I want to see what Mike wore um, or, you know, continues on through his spiritual line. When you think like the 34 and stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's some overlap where people like both, but I would say for the most part, not to be tough, but nobody cares about team Jordans, but not only is the soldier line good, I would say it's probably one of the more viable hoop shoes year after year after year on the college, middle school, high school, youth rec league level 
You know, this, they're always affordable. They're always available. Um, they're performance oriented and they're good performance oriented. And mostly, most of the time you think of a takedown model and it's um, not that good, but just the easiest example of it is LeBron wears those shoes for the most part and historically in the playoffs, he trusts those models in the most high leverage moments in his, um, in a season. And you cannot say the same thing when it comes to the like Mamba mentality and phenomenon um, and instinct. And um, there's more Kobe lines out there. I can't even think of Kobe workout, um, I think was one from like the um, mid 2000s. But um, none of those have a candle to what LeBron does with the dunk man. Uh, Pardon me with the soldier line. For sure. I a hundred percent agree. So with that, um, thinking kind of more towards, um, I, I would say, um, just thinking more towards the last couple of dunk mans I want to touch on the LeBron nine dunk man. I sold that shoe when LeBron's were hot and I wish I didn't because that's really good looking shoe. Um, LeBron three, and we would be, um, we would be doing no service whatsoever if we didn't talk about, you know, like the bad ones too. So, I mean, like not every one of colorways on a model is going to be a hit. I mean, the LeBron 11 low is an absolute like abomination dunk man that should not be included in the line. And I think the worst of the worst is the eight PS postseason. It's this bright silver. The, the eight PS didn't do so hot. I had a pair that hyperfuse ripped very fast. It, it was not a durable shoe, but just uh, the bright green and silver joint is not doing it for me. I would say not doing it for a lot of people. Um, next up here, though, to kind of switch over to, I would say probably the most um, the most versatile and easy cop-out, if you want to call it a colorway. But LeBron's had him in um, such consecutive releases and so frequently throughout the whole um, lineage of his shoes is this the standard blackout. Um, you know, like, for Jordans, all you really have is like, you know, black cat four, uh, you know, uh, black threes. Uh, what are those ones called? Are they black cat threes too? Yeah, um, black cat threes. Maybe like the uh, the, the thirteen. Six. Yeah, the um, thirteen and the six. But LeBron, I mean, two, six, eight, nine, fifteen, eleven, um, ten. Uh, and, and, and there's more than that, but just um, I think that kind of plays into LeBron being in tune with music because, you know, the most uh, illustrious blackout LeBron is the LeBron 7 uh, black album, the Jay-Z tie-in. And um, I think the all black everything plays into how LeBron loves Jay-Z and loves music and wants to, um, you know ingratiate that with his footwear and i think a lot of people would agree that all black shoes is just like battle ready hip-hop ready for war um like i guess all white and all black are both hip-hop but when it comes to like all black there's just something tough about it i don't know but mm-hmm. um shoes have always been, looked really good in all black all black air maxes from like air max lines typically look good too like all blacks air max 90 never goes out of style. Um, and I think 
the various LeBron releases kind of play into that same, um, I said played on like eight times in one, in one <laughs> shoe. So I'm sorry about that, but, um, they do, man. It's just like, um, it mixes together so well, all black LeBron and his shoes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's so many good versions, you know, even, even the soldier line, I think it's, is that the soldier 10 that had the three straps? Yes. That, that all black with like that clear, you know, like semi translucent outsole, just such a crazy looking shoe to me, even though it's, you know, it's nothing special. It's just, it's just a beautiful shoe to me. So I've owned at one point in my life, I think I only have two of them now. I had five pairs of soldier tens. They just like found their way into my closet. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, but you're right though. It's one of the hardest shoes ever to get on. It like, feel like you're snapping into a boot. But that shoe looks so cool. But I mean, this um, other signature LeBrons with the blackout motif. Again, the LeBron 8 blackout uh, might be the best of all of them. The 8 is just so in tune with what a basketball shoe needed to be at that time and what, um, you know, popular aesthetic and performance was. The LeBron 8, almost every colorway on that shoe was just untouchable but you know the eight this is going to be a random throw out there but the 15 low all black that's a fantastic looking shoe if you have to go be a waiter or you have to go serve buckets at eight that's going to be a great <laughs> shoe for you <laughs> when you have um, <laughs> when you have work at six and a pickup game at 8 a.m ready to go yep. um but there's a lebron six blackout that looks really good too um, a soldier nine to kind of keep going on to what Nick was saying, but, um, a 13 low, I would have never thought I would say a 13 low looks good, but there's about three or four really good colorways on that model. And the blackout would be one of them. But I think I mean, it's also, Oh, let's go ahead. Sorry. No, I, no. I was just going to say, I think it's also really interesting that the LeBron blackout line although they called it something different, but like, I think of like the Kith collab on the 15, right? The suit of armor mm -hmm. is basically a blackout version. And to put that, to put that colorway into such a high energy, you know, in theory off court, even though I know it's the, the performance version of those releases or whatever, but it's, it really speaks to like how much the blackout colorway is embraced by LeBron and Nike. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, once, when they embrace something and they lean into it and they put effort into it, there's, there's nothing Nike can't do. And, and, and you can just tell, um, not to take shots at any particular shoe, but when there's real thoughtfulness behind a release and when there's not, um, and LeBron's, um, had both the high end and low end of that spectrum, but, um, when they're cooking in the innovation kitchen, they are, they're, they're really cooking. Um, True. Next colorway here, I would say is probably um, the most beloved and it's the hardwood classics. Um, the LeBron seven hardwood classic will forever be, I would even say top 25 all time Nike shoe. I mean, you can go whatever way you want. You can go, the blue suede, you can go with the blue with the white, you can go with the orange and the white. I don't care what colorway. Um, lump that all into one big ball. But the Bronze 7 Hardwood Classic, untouchable. I don't think they'll retro those for a very 
very long time just to keep letting um, passion for that look um, stew a little bit longer. But um, I'd be hard pressed to not bring up, I would say the near equally impressive, but definitely a step down LeBron eight hardwood classic, which, um, you know, the same usual um, suspects here, orange, blue, and um, orange, blue, and white. But again, just the suede texture on the eight looked so good alongside like the um, kind of carbon fiber panels on there and the, and the stiff swoosh, just those two alone belong in like a museum somewhere, but there's a LeBron 15 hardwood classic that did release um, or a hardwood classic inspired pair. My homie plays in those. That's a really good looking shoe too. If you want an obtainable hardwood classic, I recommend hitting eBay for the 15. Um, there's some samples too, because LeBron would keep playing in those old retro cab jerseys when he came back to Cleveland. There's a LeBron 14, there's a soldier 10, um, a soldier nine, but, um, man, I know you're going to agree with me that this, the hardwood classic seven is just, it's a, it's a gem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, that's all variations of it too. Right. Cause you have like the, the, you know, I guess like the, the regular hardwood classics is the, the white with the orange and blue and then orange white with the blue and orange. But then you've got like the, the, the alternate, I think it's called. It's like that blue suede. I mean, I just feel like even though that colorway started earlier, the seven really, you know, just changed everybody's attention for that colorway and for kind of the more, you know, PE sample colorways that are out there. Right. But, and I know you'll also agree to this point too. There's something special about a basketball shoe with traditional quote unquote, traditional materials, the suede, the leathers, the meshes, whatnot. Um, the seven and eight, I think are the pinnacle and the ending point of that in the LeBron line. Um, because the LeBron nine went fully synthetic, um, you know, woven. Um, some of them had like foam posit on them, carbon fiber, hyperfuse, like mesh type thing going on. But the seven and eight, the way they used leather and the way they used patent leather and suede, just, I mean, it, 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 reminds, it reminds me of the good old days, like the, the mid to early nineties of Nike basketball. And, LeBron coming out when he did in 2003 really, really was the bookend of what Nike basketball was from like 93 to 2003. Like he, you know, the air zoom generation, you know, hints at it at the start of a new generation and the first eight shoes um, carried some of those older styles. Like I've said it already, the leathers and stuff. But um, now he's fully into the modern. But LeBron, much like Kobe too, um, were the were the um, the ending points and transi- and transitional lines from the old to the new. Yeah, well said. Well said. Now, um, let me think here. Let's just keep it kind of um, let's keep it bright and fun with the colors. So the Floridian colorways, um, those ones, um, obviously LeBron's Miami times, um, the big Afros, the nickname jerseys, um, you know, 
the Harlem Shake video. I like to think LeBron and Miami was the most fun version of him. Um, analysts and I think historians too refer to it as like LeBron's college time. He went to go learn from Pat Riley and learn how to be a champion. But um, while he was in South Beach, um, they would wear these Floridian colorway jerseys and he'd have these really sick shoes. Um, you know, I think the best of all of them is the LeBron nine low. Um, and it's just this really hot orange and pink shoe. Um, I saw a pair for a pretty good price recently and I kind of kicked myself in the butt for not buying it. But um, that's when things kind of started off with it. Um, I believe there was a LeBron eight Floridian too. Um, there was not, that's a lie. Um, but there's a LeBron 10 Floridian and that one was more of a black, pink and orange. But if you Google the Jersey, um, there's a direct tie in there. Um, it carried over again into the LeBron 11 low, which is again, kind of like that orange feel, but that's just the fun, fun LeBron. And much like the fun times in LeBron's life, we don't get to experience all of it because there's like some really, really cool white-based Floridian LeBron 10 samples that he wore on court. I would love to see those released when they retro the shoe. They kind of have like a Diana Taurasi, Phoenix Mercury feel. But with, I was just going to say that. Yeah, but with like South Beach. Um, but man, like that bright orange. And I'll kind of even throw in like the LeBron Old Palmer um, nine lows. Just like the really bright South Beach colorways that were not the preheats. It's really fun shoes. Yeah, I mean, I think the um, – obviously, I'm a big fan of orange, but the nine the nine mm-hmm. low, like you said, with that bright orange and pink is just is just one of those shoes that is so loud that it just feels like summer on your feet. You know, like that to me is, is the quintessential, like, Floridian, you know, colorway. Mm-hmm. And – Man, I mean, just, I would never want to live in, especially right now, live in Florida. But um, at that time, man, him and D-Wade, there's been great duos. And I don't think those two get enough, get enough recognition for all-time duos. I think maybe 10 years from now, it'll get brought up more. But you have to really twist my arm to say that they're that far below Scotty and Michael. I 100% agree. D Wade was a different beast. Scotty was a different beast. But LeBron in Miami, just the most physically dominant specimen that isn't Shaq or Wilt Chamberlain, I think. Or Carl Malone. I'll throw Carl Malone in there. Carl Malone was a fucking tank. So, um, but LeBron at that time, man, just the most unmatched speed, strength, and athleticism I've ever seen. Just ungodly cheat code stuff um he got better every year and i feel yep. like we all get better you should get better every year um with that the birthday line so these ones are definitely far underneath the radar because they never really released um the only one that did is probably the most recognizable of the bunch it's the lebron four birthday which looks just like the hardwood classic um, tight color um, motif, but they're not, but they are, but they're not. They came with like a birthday whole thing. So 
let's just keep calling them the birthdays, but they're, you know, blue, white, and orange. But the, the unknown ones are these brown leather LeBrons. So the LeBron 2 and LeBron 3. Um, LeBron 3 had suede and leather. The 2 was just more leather. But um, like dark chocolate brown shoes are probably the hardest ones to find in basketball. And these two, I think if they were to release, they would actually sell pretty well. They remind me a lot of like the Anthony Hamilton. Um, if you want to use like a, a mental um, comparison, like Anthony Hamilton samples of Air Jordans. Um, the LeBron two and three birthdays look very much like those. But just um, brown isn't for everybody. Would you wear a brown sneaker? <laughs> Nick, would you wear brown? I mean, it's definitely not for me, but the, the, the two birthday, you know, I think, I think I remember right. His pair had like happy birthday with a swoosh embroidered on the side too, which was happy 20th brawn with a Nike swoosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those kind of things just like stand out in my memory. Cause like, wow, like we've seen, you know, everybody get a, shoe but to take it like that step further being you know and i know that's the era right like lasering was like super trendy at that time that's why the two has so much of that on it anyway but um i think it's i mean i can't see myself wearing those i obviously would love the the four birthdays i mean um but then again, like you said, I think to me that falls into the hardwood classics category just because it's it's literally the same colorway. So I, am, I I will bet money. Whoever wants to make this bet with me and that's listening, let's throw 20 on it. When the four releases and finally retros, that birthday colorway will be one of the first ones to release. Like that's going to happen. Um, now, this next one's kind of a joke. But um, it's a joke with a serious undertone to it. Um, the LeBron 6 Obama. It's not a colorway. He just wrote 44th president on it and wrote Obama. But I would love to see more Obama shoes. I know Chris Paul did it. Um, Steph Curry did it. Um, but if we could find a way to get Obama and LeBron collab, I would, I would buy that shoe. They can be like a suit and tie type thing. Um, it can be just like something presidential with like white navy, but um, there, there there needs to be more berry shoes out there in my book. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. I think there was there was so many players at that time, you know, like that had something written on their shoes, and um, I mean, I think Curry had the presidential seal on some of his, and um, I know they made I know they made New Balances for him uh, but the lebron the lebron connection makes the most sense in my opinion mm -hmm. now um the last main colorway we have here um is the one that ran throughout the most amount of shoes and it's the summit lake hornets um please 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 go google or actually i'm gonna post this on Instagram later, probably tomorrow when this um, episode airs. Um, LeBron played for a little team called the Summit Lake Hornets back in 1997. And um, man, look at that photo. LeBron looks like he's 14 
amongst like eight year olds. He was this from a young age, so much bigger than everybody else. And a lot of NBA players, you know, have that same kind of situation when they're younger. But if you were to show someone in 97, this photo and it's like, point out the person who's going to be in the NBA, like that one, him right there, LeBron, like it's, it's hysterical, but, um, their, their jerseys were like baby blue with purple, think classic Charlotte Hornets. Um, but the summit Lake look, um, ran across, um, at least, um, seven different models. So we had the LeBron six, seven postseason, eight postseason, nine low, 10, 11, 13. Um, some definitely better than others. Um, but I would say that the best Summit Lake LeBron ever to release is definitely the LeBron nine. Um, it used the purple the best out of all the releases. And if you've been following LeBron's shoes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if you're a casual LeBron fan or, you know, a casual LeBron fan, um, they probably have one of these colorways cause they sat every time they released cause like, Oh, just another summer like horn. It's no big deal. Um, but now I think this colorway would look even better. If you want to get really creative, you could like write little, little Wayne on there and be like promethazine. It kind of like <laughs> looks like that too. But, um, there's commonly a little cute Hornet on there, a little Hornet logo. Um, sometimes there's more like um, honeycomb print, like the LeBron 11, kind of playing directly into the Hornet. How many times am I going to say playing into this episode? My God. But, um, <laughs> I mean, the Soldier line has it too. There's a LeBron 9, Soldier, um, some of like Hornet. But I would say it's just like the most quintessential LeBron motif ever to release. Summit Lake, cutest guy ever. I agree. I think I think it's also one of those, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it was on the soldier line, it was on the ambassador line. It it ended up everywhere with with the Hornet details too. So it just having the the connection across all of the lines just makes it to me that much more meaningful in, in regards to his line. But yeah, the the photo Ravi, you just, you nailed it. Cause like you look at the picture and you're just like, like, wait, who is, who's that kid? He's like six inches, eight inches taller than everyone else. And it's, it's just the best. Cause I mean, please, if you get bored, if you get bored in quarantine, um, you're probably bored. Um, go watch more than an athlete. It tells the bronze story from a kid to being drafted. Um, this, LeBron, I mean, he's a different kind of wholesome. I mean, dad wasn't around. Mom struggled to make end meets. He bounced around a little bit. Very different from MJ. But just um, the story of him and his mother and the love between those two, um, very reminiscent of MJ and his mom. Just when, when you have family supporting you, it doesn't matter if you have a quote-unquote um, traditional family or it's just you and your, you know, you and your mom or you know, you and your siblings, just, if you have strength together, you will succeed. That's my, uh, that, that's my Hallmark card quote for the yep. day. Um, so, I mean, just the last little minute here, you have to talk about South Beach. That colorway went, it went awry. It ended up being on every shoe <laughs> eventually in the Nike line. But the LeBron 8 South Beach and the LeBron 9, I say two, two shoes in a row constitutes being 
mentioned on this list. But um, I just want to take a second to talk about the nine postseason because that one never gets reminded. Um, I mean, never um, is, is is much of a is, is much of a thought compared to the eight. But um, for a while there, the postseason nine was worth a lot of money. It was sought after. It was really cool. But um, now it's kind of just like another LeBron. But um, yeah, can't talk about LeBron without talking about South Beach. Yeah, it was just such an important moment, you know, to to hear that he was leaving Cleveland was like we all waited to watch and find out. You know, it was like one of those, you know, I, I would relate it to Michael's I'm back statement, right? Like once the rumor started, it was like, what? Oh my God, I got to see this kind of thing. And I think it's super dope that, you know, he's kind of, I guess, like embraced it too. Like, you know, there's so much hate that comes to him, you know, for leaving Cleveland. But man, I, I worked, I worked for StockX. I worked directly with, you know, Dan Gilbert and his team. And I, as much as I respect the financial success that they've found in that, you know, organization and world or whatever, I just feel like, like it would be really tough to play. And, you know, I think we don't know this stuff, but it'd be really tough to play with owners that are, you know, so hands-on involved in, in the game, in the game itself, right. Or in the, you know, in the team movements and trades and that kind of thing. So I have, you know, a lot of respect for LeBron leaving, even though I think, you know, people make fun of him, you know, for having the whole special, but it was such a big deal. And I think it was important for him to, you know, take the opportunity to, to have that conversation on, you know, ESPN when, you know, you, you're the focus of, of what's going on in the league at that moment. You know, everybody wants to know because it changes the dynamics of everything. Right. So, um, yeah. And I also think it's really cool that they brought it back. Was it the 15, I think got the South beach colorway again. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to see it on, on a lot more models. Hopefully as they retro, maybe they reincorporate that colorway just cause it's, it's, it's good. You know, like it was overdone at the time. And, and I think most of us, even if you got a pair, you didn't want to wear them because it was just everywhere. But once you pass all that and just look at the shoe, you're just like, damn, this was a really well done colorway and a, a really special moment for LeBron's line. Very perfect, a perfect sentiment to end on tonight. Yeah. So I would love to know what, you know, what everyone thinks of the models that are going to come back, right? We're seeing a lot of rumors. What do you want to see if, if you have specific models or specific colorways, or if you want to see crazy stuff like the LeBron, you know, like the South beach colorway thrown onto the LeBron seven, uh, leave a comment. We'll put this up on the blog. You can, you can drop a comment there, tweet at us, Instagram, text message us one eight seven seven air max one whatever you got to do to holler at us just holler at us and let us know what you think but uh always a pleasure to chat with you robbie this was a great conversation and i love reminiscing over these kind of things because it's it's really cool just a little bit of difference in our ages and what we you know kind of remember most and and having the differences really is enjoyable for me so uh good good call on this one i have to think that like LeBron, I'm the, I'm the, the bridge in sneakers. Like 
from when I started collecting shoes, like my first Jordans were the 17s. So it's like, no, 18s. And I got 17s after weird times. But um, yeah, first were the 18s, like what, 2002, 2003. That's when I first started like really loving shoes. And that's when LeBron came in. So it's like, you know, old school and new school. I, I, I know enough about both. So yeah, this was very fun. I like to think people like me just enjoy listening to this. And when you hear the shoe and you hear the colorway and model, you're like, oh yeah, I had that. Or my best friend had those or my arch nemesis. I remember him wearing those. Exactly. You know, yep. Whatever brings back a memory. Um, I hope that does this for you. I hope this does that for you, I should say. And I um, hope you had a good time. Likewise. Now, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Yep. See ya. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneaker history. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.